It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. To another CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. I'm Bob McElligot, and it is a big week for the Blue Jackets franchise because the protected list is in, and there's surprises on the protected list, at least one big surprise for the Blue Jackets. I'll talk about that in just a moment. So the expansion draft is going to take place tomorrow night. You've got the first round of the NHL draft taking place on Friday. Oh, and by the way, you've got the trade freeze that will uh stop on Thursday. So right now there's a trade freeze going on after multiple trades leading up to that freeze just a couple of days ago. Blue Jackets weren't involved, but they could be involved on the back end of that. Trade freeze lets up on Thursday. First round of the NFL draft on Friday. The remaining rounds are going to take place on Saturday. Blue Jackets are going to be uh, drafting. It's a virtual draft this year, but but Blue Jackets will be holding a draft party at Nationwide Arena and that gets underway with our pre-draft show that starts at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a live show in the arena. It will also be simulcast on the Blue Jackets video channels and also on the flagship station of the Blue Jackets radio network, 97.1 The Fan. Just want to give you a heads up on that. If you haven't made your plans to be at the arena, you can return to Nationwide Arena on Friday night. Telhio Credit Union, let me tell you about them. They've been bringing you this show for quite some time, and they've been bringing you great service in our community for a much longer time, since 1934. That's when Telhio Credit Union came into being, and that's when they started putting out that great service that they have become known for. They are a not-for-profit. They're a full-service financial institution cooperative, and that means that their members are their owners. It's as simple as that. And if you're a member and you're an owner, that means you can expect to receive high quality financial service that will meet all of your needs. Want to find out all about Telhio Credit Union? Very easy to do. Go to their website at telhio.org. Just surf around and you'll be able to see all the different services they provide and all the perks that go along with those services. Again, that's at telhio.org. Telhio Credit Union, which is federally insured by NCUA. All right, let's get back at it here, and I'm going to get to your questions in just a few moments here on this special Tuesday edition of the Monday Mailbag of CBJ and 30. Um, but before I do all of that, uh, this is the first time that I have talked to you since the uh, unfortunate and untimely passing of Blue Jackets goaltender Matisse Kivlenix, uh, an absolute devastating shock and surprise as to what happened to him on the 4th of July and uh, feel for not just his family and his friends, but uh, some of those friends are very close to home. And we saw that in the memorial service that took place late last week. Elvis Merzlikens, his closest friend in this organization, a guy that was right there at the time of the accident, his goaltending coach, Manny Legacy, uh, had it happen uh, at his home. It was absolutely horrendous and should never, a young person, a person that young should never be taken from us uh, at that age. But it happened. It happened to not only 
a guy that had worked himself into a bona fide NHL goaltender because that's what he has been. He's gotten that opportunity the last couple of years. He was more than likely going to be the backup goaltender this year on a regular basis. Uh, and he had worked himself into that. He worked his entire life for that opportunity and finally got it. And, and that part is sad. There's no question about it, but the fact that he made it and he is going to be an inspiration for young goalies and young people for a long, long time in this community and in his home country of Latvia. So uh, Matisse Kivlenix, rest in peace. You will be sorely missed. You did touch a lot of people in your time as a Blue Jacket. And again, to uh, his family, his mother, his sister, his friends, and all of his teammates. Um, you know, all of us, we are deeply affected. So uh, thoughts and prayers, uh, as they say, and um, awful, awful situation. And with the memorial service last week there was at least a little bit of closure and i don't mean like close the book it's all over it is uh, just you know move on and now honor him in the way that uh, you play and how you carry yourself and all of those things and that's what uh, the blue jackets are going to be doing all right let's uh, get to some news and notes here before i get to your questions just because some of your questions are going to talk about this most of you are in the loop and you know what's going on in case you're not in case it's the summertime and you haven't been following as closely as you normally do during the regular season let me get you up to speed the blue jackets had to put in their protected list for the expansion draft the seattle kraken will have the opportunity to pick from every one of the teams in the national hockey league and you had to protect players or leave them unprotected. And there were some doozies that were unprotected around the league, but the big surprise for the blue jackets is that Yarmo Kekalainen opted to leave Max Domi off the protected list. Why would he do that? This is a guy that had gotten a trade from the Montreal Canadians in exchange for Josh Anderson, a guy they had hoped was going to be the number two centerman this past season had a chance to be the number one centerman and played most of the year on the wing. Why is he not on the protected list? I will get to that uh, with your questions. But it is basically Max Domi, Dean Kukin, Kevin Stenland are the three guys that have played the most for the Blue Jackets. And one of those three is going to be a member of the Kraken come Thursday. Just the way it is. That's what happens in the expansion draft. But the Blue Jackets are so much more prepared with this expansion draft than they were a couple of years ago when the Vegas Golden Knights came into the league. They are not going to have to make deals like they did back then. They are not going to lose a player. Well, I, I was going to say they're not going to lose a player like William Carlson turned out to be, but then again, did you think William Carlson was ever going to be a 40 goal scorer with the blue jackets? And then he went to Vegas and he did just that in his first year there. So I guess you never know. And when you get players that get a chance for a bigger and a better opportunity, in some cases, they really flourish. And that's what happened to William that year that he left and he went to Vegas. But uh, the Blue Jackets are as prepared for this as they can be. And uh, they are, uh, again, they're ready. They're ready. They leave Max Domi unprotected. They protect Eric Robinson. That has been a, a big topic amongst many of you in these past couple of weeks. 
whether or not Eric Robinson would be protected or if he would be left available for the Seattle Kraken. So without further ado, that pretty much catches you up. Seth Jones, still a member of the Blue Jackets. Will they trade him? Will they not trade him? If they are going to trade him, will it be before the first round of the draft on Friday? Will it be after the draft? Will it be at the trade deadline? Who knows? Um, you know, there are teams that uh, have interests. A lot of teams have interest. But for Seth Jones, what is his biggest interest? Uh, his brother, Caleb, was traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the Chicago Blackhawks last week. Does that make that attractive? The Blackhawks have been reported to be in the mix for Seth Jones. Could it be there? Personally, I what I've been looking for the entire time, and I saw something on it yesterday, finally, maybe it's not the first time it's been out there, but I was on vacation, maybe I missed it, but the Dallas Stars. I think this is a no-brainer. If they can find a way to get him to the Dallas Stars, I think that's where he wants to be. Dallas is home for Seth Jones. Uh, Dallas has no state income tax. Say what you want to, but I'm telling you, when you're talking about making five, six, seven, eight, ten million dollars a year, no state income tax like they have in Florida, like they have in Texas, that makes a big difference. You make more money. I don't have to spell it out for you, right? You look at what you make and you look at what you pay in taxes. And if you could take one of those things, if you could take all those things off there, you would. But if you could take one of those big things off of there, you'd do it in a heartbeat. So the Dallas Stars, will the Blue Jackets be able to do anything with the Dallas Stars? Now, Miro Haskinen just signed a new eight-year deal with the Stars. And the one thing about the Stars is they have a lot of good young defensemen. So somebody would have to go. And uh, John Klingberg is the name that is being uh, thrown around there. Now, the contract status, how does that work up? Klingberg, I think, only has a year left on his deal or maybe two at the most. But uh, can that be something that works out between the two teams? Can Seth Jones get to Dallas? I think that's where he wants to go, personally. A lot of people say about Colorado, yeah, that's where he fell in love with hockey, and that's where he met Joe Sackick when he was a kid and, but he grew up playing hockey in Dallas. And I'm telling you lives there in the off season, no state income tax. What do you want me to tell you? What do I have to say to you beyond that? Right. That's my personal guess. That's where I think, I think if you said to him, you can go anywhere you want to just pick it right now. I, that's where I think that he would pick personally. So we'll see how that all works out, but I promise I'll get to your questions. So let's, do it right now. And where am I going to start with the questions today? Let's just start with that uh, expansion draft and the protected list or the non-protected list. Anthony gets the first question today. Actually, Anthony says, my theory is that Yarmo may know something that we don't, which is why Max Domi was left unprotected. I think there may be more to it than him banking on the crack and passing on Domi due to injury and contract, et cetera. Do you agree or disagree? Well, let's see. Uh, let, let's put it all out there. Max Domi did have the shoulder surgery. He's expected to miss the first month or two of the regular season. He does make a lot of money, but he only has one year left on his deal. Do the Seattle Kraken feel that he is worthwhile enough to take in this expansion draft and wait it out, maybe not have him until December, maybe not even later, if there are any setbacks uh, later on in the surgery? We saw what happened with Gus Nyquist. Uh, Gus could have come back before the end of this year. The Blue Jackets were not in posi the position to get to the playoffs, so they opted just to kind of let it ride. But again, he, um, you know, there were some setbacks along the way. 
for Gus. So it does happen. It can happen. It might happen. It might not happen. Will Seattle be willing to do this? Listen, <laughs> this, I, look, I don't know Max Domi really at all. I've interviewed Max a couple of times. I've done it on video. I haven't been in his presence, but one time, and that was last week at the memorial service, I was able to introduce myself and shake his hand. Other than that, I have had no dealings with him. I don't know him. There are many times that I could give you insight on a player and his personality because I've been around him and and I would have a better uh, idea or I would have at least some kind of an inkling and I don't have as much of that with Max Domi. But there just does seem to be something wrong here. And I'm not sure what it is. And because I'm not around all the time, uh, I don't know what it is with Max. Yeah, he started playing center, Torch put him on the wing. He was back at center by the end of the year. He was better at the end of the year, but he was, they really struggled. It was not good in between that. Um, so I don't know, does Yarmo know something else that maybe, and, and this is, again, all speculation. You're asking me the question, and I'm just spitballing here. Don't know the guy very well. Don't know how his teammates feel about the guy beyond, you know, just watching them play. Um, you know, if you get to a point where do you want to shed that? If you have a chance to shed that salary and put that $5.6 million to better use, um, maybe maybe you're okay with that uh, based on the performance. Uh, maybe you're okay with that based upon whatever the next contract is going to have to be if you're going to sign the next contract. I saw a rumor yesterday, and, I, and again, I don't know if it's true. I wasn't around the team all last year. I was as distant as you are, um, where it said that, the Blue Jackets actually um, were thinking about trading him at the deadline last year. Well, if that was the case, then this doesn't come as much of a surprise, especially with the injury. But I do think that you're, you're trying to slide him through because of that injury and, and protect somebody else. It was obviously very important to the Blue Jackets that they protect, um, that they protect uh, uh, their, I just had the, uh, Oh, just drew the whole doggone blank. Now, why, why all of a sudden I can't think of the guy's name? Cause I'm right in the middle of the show for crying out loud. And uh, <laughs> Eric Robinson, for goodness sakes, I knew it would come to back to me and I don't know why it would disappear. I mean, the big number 50 is right there in, in front of my, uh, you know, in the front of my mind, it's obvious that they felt Eric Robinson was a guy they didn't want to give up. Now, I know a lot of people have been fretting over this and I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot understand why Eric Robinson is a great guy. I love the guy uh, personally. I think he's a good player. He scored eight goals last year. And to be honest, he probably should have had seven or eight more. Um, I talked with John Tortorella repeatedly last year. I could go back through and, and pull out the, the sound bites of the interviews where we talked about his inability to finish last year, he was creating breakaway after breakaway one-on-one -on -one scoring chance after one-on-one -on -one scoring chance. And he just wasn't scoring for the most part. Um, now there were, there were, I, I think torch told me late in the year uh, I asked him, you know, I've always been one and I've said this on the show before and, and I'll say it again. I always have felt like he's a poor man's Josh Anderson, and that's not a knock on Eric. That is saying that 
you know, you've got Josh and he's this established big guy. Eric's a big body guy. If he can play with a little bit more of an edge or a little bit more grit, maybe he turns into that type of a guy. But, you know, it seems like he kind of is what he is. I'll tell you one thing he is, he's extremely fast. We all know that. And they apparently feel that he's going to find a little bit more finish. And that's why they didn't want to make him available. And, um, you know, that's fine. That That's absolutely fine. What they did, the list that they put together, I don't really have a problem with uh, in what they did. If Dean Kukin is taken, I think that's going to hurt this team, uh, it's, especially if Seth Jones leaves. Now you're talking about, you know, taking two of those guys out of the mix. Uh, Dean Kukin's been a guy that's bounced around and has played in different spots and has done a good job. He's struggled at times, but he's done a good job at other times. So, you know, now if, if Jones is gone, depending upon the return there and you lose Kukin, you've already lost Savard. That's going to be, uh, you know, a big area of concern, I think. And, and personally, I would be surprised out of the three choices. If Seattle doesn't take Dean Kukin, I'll be surprised, but, then again, what the heck do I know? We'll find out tomorrow night, right? So we'll see on that one. Uh, James has a question here. Uh, and James says, uh, it's a sensitive subject for sure, but do you expect the Blue Jackets to trade one of either Elvis or Corpusalo uh, with the goaltending situation? And I have another uh, question that is similar to that. So let's just uh, go ahead and put these things together here. Uh, Michael says, with the unfortunate event of July 4th, do you think the Blue Jackets keep both goaltenders or will Elvis be ready to start the season after losing his friend? Um, listen, I Elvis is dealing with a lot, I'm sure. I'm sure. And by the way, I found a, a complete newfound respect for Elvis Merzlikens, the way he handled that uh, memorial service, uh, the the words that he had to say. You could tell that they were from the heart. Um he, uh, he really, he, he not only carried himself well, but he represented his friend extremely well. So I just want to say that first and foremost, and, and I know that's going to be a battle for him. He's going to be dealing with this for a long, long time. But I also, in, in my personal opinion, I think that Elvis is going to want to play hard for Matisse Kivlenix and obviously for himself, but I, I think he's going to want to do it uh, for his friend. I, I think that he will be in some ways more driven. I, I, you know, there are some ways, and many of you have dealt with this. You've taken adverse situations from your life. You've taken pain in your life and, and you channel it into um, determination to do better at something else. I could see Elvis using that to be even better. So um, I'm not that worried about the mental aspect affecting his game could be wrong. I know it is a ton to deal with mentally, but I, I think he's going to channel it that way. I really do. So I think somebody's going to get traded. If they can trade somebody, they're going to trade somebody. Is that going to be Corpusalo or is it going to be Merzlikens? That remains the question. And the other question is which one can you get more for? I've said this before and I'll say it again. If I'm rebuilding, then whichever one I can get the most for, that's the one I'm probably going to go with. But um, I, I still think that, look, if they can do a fair deal and a good deal and something that makes them better down the line, 
by trading one of those two. I believe they're going to do that. And I believe they have to do that. They're both going to be free agents at the end of the year. Um, you know, last year, the goalie pool was there. It wasn't really great for trading this year. Is it going to be great for trading? I don't know. There are a lot of guys out there, but there's a lot of weird goalie stuff going on right now. I'll tell you that. And just look at the uh, protected list and the non-protected list and look at some of the goalies that you find there. Speaking of that, Mark says the Kraken are coming and from the protected list that were made public, they will have a Vegas-esque expectations. What are the biggest exposed surprises in your opinion? Mine is Carey Price for sure. No doubt. Carey Price just went to the Stanley Cup final. Carey Price just played five games in the Stanley Cup final. Carey Price put his team on his back and got them to the Stanley Cup final. Are you following me here? Now, he goes to the Canadians and he says, you know what? You can leave me off the protected list. Let's keep Jake Allen on that list. Why would he do that? Well, a couple of reasons. We talked about this with Max Domi. Carey Price has some injuries, apparently. What are the extent of those injuries? That's not being reported right now. You got Montreal that's already lost Shea Weber for at least next year, maybe for good with injuries that he has, knee injury, foot injury. He's not going to play next year. That's your captain. Now your goaltender, he's got some injuries. How bad are they? That's what they're going to find out. So if you're Seattle, you're like, well, let's see how banged up this guy is. And also, you're on the hook for $10, $10.5 million for the next five years. That's a lot. That's a lot. Guy's 33 years old. And that's a lot. However, if you want to compare them to Vegas, what did Vegas have that it didn't look like the Kraken was going to be able to get? Top-notch goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury was the difference for the Vegas Golden Knights in that first year. Turned out to be this past year, too, quite honestly. But Marc-Andre Fleury gave them that, that presence in net. Right from day one, if you're Ron Francis, you're the general manager of the Seattle Kraken, how tempted are you to try to get that position solidified? You know, you talk about starting in goal and working your way out. And I was watching NHL Network yesterday, and EJ Raddick was on there, and they were talking about, uh, he and Bruce Boudreaux were talking about the goalies. They were talking about Chris Drieger from the Florida Panthers. And, oh, he would be the way to go. Younger guy, less money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that makes sense. It does make sense. But <laughs> the, the Carey Price thing is intriguing, is it not? He just went to the Stanley Cup final. He got his team to the Stanley Cup final. Listen, they were, they were fourth in the Canadian division. Okay, they come out of that. I, I've said all year long when I did the show, I felt that was the weakest division in the National Hockey League. And I firmly believe that whatever team came out of that and got into the semifinals was going to get whacked by the first team out of the United States that they saw. And when they went up against Vegas, I thought that was a surefire prediction. And it wasn't. Didn't happen. 
Carry Price, a big reason for that. So you want to be solid in goal. Is it worth taking that risk? We're going to find out. But I think it's tempting in some ways. Yeah, the 10, 10 and a half, not so much. You can always flip that guy at some point um, if you feel that you need to. Not this year, but you can do it. You can do it down the line if you need to. But uh, that is the most surprising. It really is. Uh, there, there are a lot of guys on the list that you go, oh, that's a good player. That's a good player. That's a good player. But Carey Price being on that list right after he played in the Stanley Cup final, who'd have thunk that we would have seen that? Here's one from Troy. It says, if you were a GM, what player or players available in expansion would you try to get Seattle to flip to you? And how surprised were you by the Blue Jackets protection list? Well, as I said, I wasn't that surprised by that protection list. But let's see. Let's just see some names of guys out there that, um, you know, could get taken by the Seattle Kraken. And uh, who are some of those guys that you could try to get them to flip? Well, what's your backup goaltending situation going to look like? Like if they take Jonathan quick, is that something you want to try to do? You want to try to get him or you want to try to find somebody else that is um, that is uh, cheaper, maybe younger, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but that's a, that's a name. That's another name. I mean, he's a Stanley cup winning goaltender. You know, I, it depends what you look at. I, I'm looking at a list right now. That's predicting that, well, this is somebody's mock draft and they're, they're saying they would take Matthew Joseph from the Tampa Bay lightning. I, listen, let me tell you something. Yanni Gord is unprotected. In my opinion, Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau, Blake Coleman, that line won the two Stanley Cups for the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last two years. That line was the difference between the Blue Jackets sweeping the Lightning three years ago and losing to the Lightning last playoff because they were that good. Now, they've already had to break it up. Barclay Goudreau's gotten traded to the New York Rangers. Yanni Gord is unprotected. The centerman, he's a good centerman on that team. What is, is he a third line guy? I get so confused as to Tampa's lines, which one's one. I know which one's four. And uh, the fourth line has a rookie that scored the only goal in the cup clinching game. So that that's her fourth. But Yanni Gord is the kind of guy that if they took him and if there was a way to get him, and I don't think there would be, but that's, that's the kind of guy that, uh, that I'd be interested in. He just signed a long-term contract with Tampa last year, year before. Wasn't long ago, I can tell you that. So they are, uh, that's a guy. That's a guy. If they took that guy, I would be interested to see if uh, there would be a way that I could get that guy. And it would probably cost, quite frankly. Joshua Kirk says, who would you have protected from the Kraken? And who are your top three entry draft picks? if the Blue Jackets had the first overall pick. Well, they don't. So what's, you know, probably, listen, here's the thing. If you're going to lose Seth Jones, you've already lost David Savard. If you're going to lose Dean Kukin, it is, 
it, it is tempting. Even if you had the first round pick, I think you'd have to be very tempted if, if you're the Blue Jackets. Ah, I'm going to stop myself. I was going to say you'd have to be tempted to take a defenseman because they, you know, two years ago, remember when there were like nine defensemen? We were talking about how deep this team was in defensemen and what a luxury it was because they had so many defensemen. And now the defensemen are gone. Um, you know, Nudavar traded, Murray traded, Savard traded. So you've got uh, you got that situation, but uh, Matty Bernier's from Michigan. I, you know, a lot of people think that he's going to go number two to Seattle. We'll see. Maybe that would be the guy. You know, maybe you do a deal with Seattle to take your fifth and one of those other first round picks and try to move up and and get a centerman there. I don't know. I do know this. Um, now nah, I don't know this, but. I was going to say, you know, there are some, I know how this town is about Michigan and you've embraced Jack Johnson. You've embraced Zach Wierenski. Um, could happen again. You could wind up with another one. So just be ready. Just be prepared. I'm just telling you, but who cares if they're going to make this franchise better and be an impact guy, who cares? Simple as that. So that's what I think about that. Now I've got a couple of these tweets about current Blue Jackets, specifically Patrick Liney. Uh Jody says, with Patrick Liney's comments recently about the season and his play that was made public, do you find it to be unprofessional or does it not matter? Uh, the other question goes along with that is from uh, Smeagol, who says, what is happening with Line A? All the reports that, uh, all the reports are that we are open to trading him does not make me feel like the team values him compared to a player like Eric Robinson, who they're showing that they really value with their actions. Patrick Line, this is a, a very interesting situation. Is it not? I think so. Here's another guy I, I basically don't know. I wasn't around him this year. Can't tell you a lot about him. I know what I see. And here's what I see. I see a guy that's immensely talented, gifted when it comes to shooting a puck in the National Hockey League. But a guy who at times looked, un looked uninterested and didn't look as though he was trying. Is that fair? I don't know. Some days I think it was, maybe not on other days, I don't know. But the reason that this is being brought up is because there were some comments that he apparently made, and I, I'll be honest with you, I just hours ago, I read this for the first time because I did not care. I still really don't care, but you've asked me about it. And I've got to do my homework on it. Anyway, uh, Brian Hedger in the Columbus Dispatch uh, had a story about Patrick Line a couple of days ago and about some comments that he made to a, a media outlet in Finland. And um, comments not agreeing with the way he was used by then head coach, John Tortorella. Uh, what are some of the quotes here? Quote, I guess everyone must have rules, but of course you always hope that you will be able to use your strengths. Tortorella did not give freedom to anyone. Forwards want to create offensively. You have to cheat a bit if you want to become a goal king. It is not possible if the coaches think differently, but I do as they tell me. Let me tell you what bothers me about that comment. Look, and by the way, this is kind of 
secondhand stuff. I mean, it, is this exactly what he said and exactly how he said it? I don't know. But it's a quote that's there, so I'm going to go off the quote that's there. Listen, here's the problem, the line that I have a problem with. Tortorella did not give freedom to anyone. Really. Really. The reason that I, I find that to be a head-scratcher is I watched Artemi Panarin play here for two years under John Tortorella. Artemi Panarin, immensely gifted offensively. When he came in, people from the outside said he won't be able to coexist with John Tortorella. Not only did he coexist, he thrived under John Tortorella. I think he got freedom given to him. But I think he earned that freedom through his play. I think his hard play and determination granted him that freedom. And how about this other line? You have to cheat a bit if you want to become a goal king. Or you just get better. Just a thought. The next quote says, I understand the need for a tight system, but all players are different. I do not even want to be like everyone else. I am who I am, and I do things my way. It's a red flag. If that's true, if that's the way it was said, if that's accurately reported, it's a red flag. Everyone should be given the opportunity to be themselves. Then, of course, you have to play within the team system. I think it's stupid not to use my potential but then it's another matter what the coaches think. I think it's stupid not to use my potential. You know, there were several games this guy finished with zero shots on goal. Zero in the entire game. So Patrick, was that the coaches not using your potential? Or was that you not using your potential in those games. I'm honestly asking the question. I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is you have one of the best shots in the game. And there were some games it wasn't used at all. Not one registered shot on goal. So who was not using their potential? Was that them or was that you? That's all I'm asking. Listen. I think Patrick Line is, I think what he said at the end of the season is probably more accurate. He gets back to Finland. Yes, he's had time to think about it. I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure he's not happy whatsoever with the way the season went all around in Winnipeg and here. And... Let's see what happens. Is he going to be here? Is he not? And I don't know. I, I've been batting this around. I know when I look at Aaron Portsline stuff in the athletic, he's constantly saying he's going to be traded. Can you trade him off that season? Do you need him to have a better season? Do you think he's going to have a better season or can you trade him on his past reputation? Do you want to trade him or do you want to have a bona fide star when everybody else is going somewhere else? These are all questions that you probably have. I definitely have them. 
And the Blue Jackets management has the answers. And we're going to find out what those answers are as we go along. But if, listen, if this guy comes to play, he is a bona fide superstar. If he comes to play, and I guess based on those quotes, that's a big if. I think it's up to him. I, I think it's I think he has to look in the mirror and decide what you want to be. I I don't know. Look, I again I go back to the Panarin thing. I don't feel yes, John Tortorella had a way that he expected you to play. And he always said he thought that Line A could be. He could carry the puck more. He could barrel his way to the net. He said that to me how many times last year? A lot. Was he trying to change him so much that Line just lost his whole game? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, you know, Torch was always very good at getting in the mind of a player, but maybe he missed that one. I don't know. But I think if he's here, well, I know if he's here this year, Line this is that we're going to all figure it out. We'll all know pretty quickly, I believe. But I don't know. I'm torn on that one because I could watch him play and I could watch how it looked like that he wasn't putting in a lot of effort some nights and he had the no shots and it'd be very easy to say, got to go. But then you also know not just what his potential is, but what he's done before. Do you need somebody to get him the puck? Does he need to be in that spot? And you you need to have maybe, were you good enough around him? And will you be good enough around him now? Can you be good enough around him? Do you want to trade him? Do you feel you can get a big haul for him? Do you think it's better for the future to deal him? Many, many questions. That's why it's a busy week for Yarmo Kekalainen, John Davidson, all those guys in the front office, big, big week for them. Also, uh, yesterday, the Blue Jackets preseason schedule came out. I think I've said this on the show before. I know I've said it on game broadcast, so I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to remind myself as I repeat it to you. Preseason games, I've complained about them before. Like, ah, you're going to see a bunch of guys you're never going to see again. You got to do all this study and you're not going to see them again. What are they? Do we really need to do this so much? And then last year, there was no training camp. There was no preseason. And you saw how that started. And I said, I said all last year, I won't complain about the preseason again because it's obviously necessary. And then the schedule came out and I reminded myself that I wouldn't complain. (laughs) Date games. Back to eight games for the Blue Jackets. They'll play Pittsburgh twice, um, Buffalo twice, St. Louis and Detroit two times apiece in the preseason. And it all starts with a three and three. You can only get that in the American Hockey League and in the preseason, three games and three nights. Uh, Starts on Monday, September 27th at Pittsburgh, Tuesday, September 28th at home against Buffalo, Wednesday, September 29th, at home against St. Louis, a couple of days off. On Saturday, October the 2nd, in Detroit. On Monday, October the 4th, in Buffalo. And then on Wednesday, October 6th, back here at home against Detroit. Uh, Friday, October the 8th, in St. Louis. And finally, Saturday, October the 9th, the final preseason tune-up is at home against Pittsburgh. You can find that information 
at bluejackets.com or on the Blue Jackets app. You can get that preseason schedule. The regular season schedule will be coming out uh, today is, what is today? Tuesday, Thursday, I believe Thursday evening. It's going to come out the regular season schedule. We'll see what that looks like. And, uh, you know, look at the, the matchups and the home games and the days of the week and the road trips and the length of them and all that stuff. That's, that's what we do in my profession every year when that schedule comes out. You started looking at all that stuff. And um, at least we can do that again. And I'm very, very grateful that we can do that again. We can look at those road trips and uh, look at those games and look at those opponents and, and get ready to see all our friends again. That's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing our friends again. And that starts with you on Friday night for the draft party at Nationwide Arena. Again, it starts with a pre-draft show from 7 to 8. The first round of the draft starts at 8 o'clock. The Blue Jackets right now have three picks. Uh, number five overall, number 24 and 32 is what they have. So we'll see if they do some maneuvering with that before we ever get to the first round. But that's the way it stands right now. And I'm hoping to see you at Nationwide Arena for that draft show. It's going to be special. Jeff Rimmer, Jody Shelley, Jean-Luc Grandpierre will be there. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Jack Roslevic, Cam Atkinson will be there. And uh, I've got a very special guest co-host, and that is Nasher, the NHL streamer and YouTube star is going to join me on stage. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, on Friday night. Looking forward to seeing you back at Nationwide Arena in normal form, not like last year where it was great when there were you know, thousand, then it was great when there were 4,000, but, oh, it's so good to be getting back to normal. So look forward to that. So that's uh, where we stand. We've got the expansion draft. The Blue Jackets will lose a player uh, tomorrow night to the Seattle Kraken. We'll find out who that is. Max Domi, Dean Kukin, uh, Kevin Stenlin, one of those three most likely to go. And then the trade freeze will let loose on Thursday. We'll see if the Blue Jackets make any moves before the first round of the NHL draft on Friday. That's going to do it for this edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. It has been a special Tuesday edition of the Monday Mailbag. So thanks for your questions. You can always find me on Twitter or Instagram at Bobby Mac Sports. You can always email me, bobbymac at bluejackets.com. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long. <laughs>